Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithcasey.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat official. I'm Carter McKenzie back back with uh, <laughs> two familiar faces from last November. Is that what we decided, boys? Yeah, last fall sometime. Sometime. Last in there. fall sometime, man. It seems like a thousand years ago in the, in the thick of hunting season last fall. We had uh, over uh, over Chris's right shoulder right now. We can see his bear skull, and we talked about the story where you uh, you killed that bear and you went on that adventure, Chris. Yeah, it's looking yeah. looking good back there in your wife's office. Yeah, missed Pope and Young by an inch and a half. That's oh <laughs> man. <laughs> and uh, Eric, we talked about that absolute thumper of a bull that you killed in Montana, man. I relive that memory all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. With, uh, with a bow nonetheless. Yes, sir. And that kind of ties in perfectly with what we're talking about tonight. Tonight, uh, thanks to Eric, uh, brought our guest tonight. Uh, we're pumped to have Christian Williams on tonight. Uh, archery strong. What's going on, Christian? How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right, guys. Thank you for having me on. I just told you a second ago that this would be, be a fun conversation having a handful uh, guys in on it uh that'll be be a first for me so looking forward to diving into some good stuff yeah man i had to get two legitimate archers on this podcast like two legitimate bow hunters to <laughs> give me some credibility to actually <laughs> talk with you yeah hey we're we all we all have our niche and our thing that we <laughs> we cling to so that's right man uh christian why don't you give us a little bit of background give us give us the the introduction of, of you and Archery Strongman. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Christian Williams. I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, more specifically rural central Pennsylvania. And I'm the founder of a company called Archery Strong. And Archery Strong has a mission to relieve pain, fix injuries, and build stronger archers overall, regardless of what type of archer that individual is. I work with everything from bow hunters to uh, competitive target archers to Olympic recurve archers. The goal, again, regardless of what that archer does, is to keep them healthy, help them shoot as well as they can, but ultimately get to enjoy archery for as long as possible and to have as many experiences uh, in archery as possible. You know, I immediately rings a bell. You guys were just talking about a bull that Eric killed. You know, that's a perfect example or, um, you know, whether you're bear hunting or tournament archery, whatever it is, you know, I think a lot of us have uh, a special place in our hearts for, for archery. And the one thing that really can threaten that for many individuals, especially older individuals is uh, shoulder pain and shoulder injury. So that's really my, 
uh, focus and my niche for archery. I'm not an archery coach as far as, you know, coaching archers for tournaments or anything like that. I focus on uh, primarily pain and injury in the, the physical nature of the archer behind the bow. Archery uh, by nature is a repetitive load activity, draw after draw, after draw shot after shot. There's an accumulation of load there. So uh, with that in mind, we apply strength training, corrective exercise, some rehab and prehab type stuff, uh, all wrapped into well thought out, purposeful training protocols to keep archers shooting. Uh, I like to think about it as think about Archie Strong as a sports injury and a sports performance approach to archery, where many other sports now in 2023 uh, and even, you know, the past several years have become very keen and uh, focused on the idea that, hey, we can take this athlete or this individual in, in their sport, have them train and do some beneficial physical style training outside of their sport. And then when they go back in, they're more effective. That really has not reached uh, archery uh, in, in a lot of different ways uh, for different reasons. So, uh, I strive to provide provide tools, resources, videos, education, um, anything I can to to achieve that mission of uh, keeping archers shooting, feeling good while they're shooting, without pain, without injury. This all came to be archery strong uh, through a, my background in different things uh, in the overall, we'll say, fitness wellness realm. But the two main things that I've spent a lot of time doing. The first is uh, I spent about five years at a sports injury clinic as a movement and corrective exercise specialist. So every day I was taking different individuals, assessing them to figure out what the problem was, and then prescribing corrective exercise and strength training to fix the injury, fix the pain. So that was uh, one one big, big uh past experience or background that has led to Archer Strong. And then the other uh, side of things is a variety of strength and conditioning coaching in different uh, realms as far as CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting, um, sports performance, things of that sort. So um, there's, you know, more, more to that background, but that's kind of in a nutshell, uh, Archer Strong and how it has came to, to be what it is now. That's amazing, man. One thing, I wanted to ask you was like, have you done any like coaching in the past? Like, have you, have you like, I coach like high school and middle school kids, right? Um, have you coached any teams like that? Did that kind of bring you to this avenue before, like prior to the expertise, I guess, level? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I've done a lot of coaching. I have, I'm double checking my, my memory, my, my past. Um, I have not, not really coached any like traditional sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football, or anything like that. All of my coaching has been in that strength and conditioning realm. So I've done a lot of coaching for CrossFit. I've done a lot of coaching for Olympic weight, Olympic style weightlifting seminars in clinics throughout Pennsylvania. Um, done, done a lot of different personal training. And then uh, all the time I spent in the sports injury clinic I used to work at, that was very much so a style of coaching, but it was like a one-on-one -on -one coaching with a patient, coaching an individual on what they need to do to fix an injury or fix pain, how to perform the exercises, uh, how to correct movement patterns, things of that nature. So um, that that's kind of been my uh, my coaching experience. 
That's huge, man. And then when did when did archery start kind of slipping into the puzzle pieces here? Yeah, um, boy, uh, it was towards or around the the middle of my my undergrad, towards the end of undergrad in in college. I was really uh, I was I was really deep in not only fitness, but I was studying exercise science in my undergrad. And then, um, along with that, I was uh, spending more and more time archery hunting. And it was really just an idea I had to, Hey, take both of these things. One, uh, is that, that fitness, um, sports performance, sports injury side of things, especially with education and college. And then, uh, archery was becoming more and more important to me at that time too. And I thought, Hey, let's combine these together. Archery requires some, uh, a physical nature to allow that archer to be able to shoot. Um, and I then took that idea and, uh, kicked off archery strong, started archery strong. I believe it was December of 2017. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Has this become a full-time gig for you or is this just something you do on the side now? Yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, full client load, um, uh, full, full capacity with uh, just being a one man team uh, over here. Yep. I don't have uh, any other help or, or any, uh, I shouldn't say that my wife helps me, uh, <laughs> but it is, um, it is a fun process. It's, it's a rewarding process. And, uh, although, you know, sometimes it's something I toss around the idea of, you know, being able to, to bring people on or, or grow up more. It's, it's fun having something as your own that you, you know, dive in, dive all in on and, yeah. and go all yeah. in on. Absolutely. When we're talking about bringing archery to, you know, combining the pieces of like the physio, you know, exercise side of things, and then the archery side of things, what was hunting like for you? Did you do it growing up? Like, when did you start getting into that side of things? I did uh, do some hunting when I was growing up. I was very blessed to have a dad and uh, still have a dad that uh, involved me in the outdoors really as, you know, early as uh, a young boy can with everything from hunting to fishing uh, to a little bit of camping. And, you know, as unique as I think back because as I look back, it was something that I like. I liked. I have some fond memories of it, uh, and I enjoyed it. But I really didn't fall in love with hunting until I was uh, in my late teens and just starting to to enter into my twenties. And that was the time when uh, archery hunting was becoming more and more important to me. And I think it was a combination of not just being older and, you know, you're more, more mature. Of course you appreciate things more and you understand the the purpose and the meaning behind things a little bit more. But at that point I was specifically focused on archery hunting and man, there was uh, a lot of different things about archery hunting that just totally sucked me in. And um, that is when I really fell in love and found my passion for it, even though, um, I was lucky to get introduced to it at uh, a young age. So um, it's been cool, I guess, how that's that's changed over time. Yeah, it is cool. And it's like, it's definitely one of those, a hobby is like almost a disrespectful word for <laughs> archery or bow hunting because it's like, 
I don't know what I like about uh, your page is like you, you, you describe archery as like, it's so much more than just like an activity that you do. Right. It's like yeah. a, a next level part of your life. Right. And it's like Thank having, you, yeah. having a mentor in that role, like as a, as a young kid, like your, your dad introducing that to you. And then mm-hmm. now you being able to work with like so many other people is like kind of one of the beautiful things about archery. Cause it's not really something you just pick up and like go do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been really cool to see, uh, and you guys, you know, may even have a similar story where, you know, you're introduced to hunting at a young age, or maybe you're exposed to it at a young age and you do it. But uh, for me, and again, maybe for you guys, I found as I've gotten older, I've discovered what it means to me and and what role hunting plays in my life. And, you know, as you look around, as we all look around, I think on whether it's between buddies or social media or TV or whatever, uh, it's really clear. Uh, it's really clear how hunting means different things to different people. And uh, that's something that I know will keep changing for me. I'm, I'm only 28. So, uh, certainly, you know, things are going to continue to develop for me, but just seeing how that, how, uh, hunting uh, is evolving for me and what it means and, and, you know, how it impacts my, my life has been really cool. And, you know, I try to share that, share that with other people. And it's fun also, as I work with archers of all kinds and specifically bow hunters to see their motivations, you know, what their story is and what are they trying to accomplish? Because each and every one of us, us four guys on this podcast now, and then anybody listening, you know, we all go out there with, for some, some reason. And I, I, I really think that, um, that reason often is, is even deeper than a lot of guys realize. Uh, and it just, I think takes time to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. That motivation is like, that's, that's everything, right? Like what is your motivation, Christian? What, like, what gets you out of bed every day to like, come do this? Like what is archery to you, man? Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I'll, I'll, I've got to break it in into two parts. Uh, art, I want to uh, I want to answer that for archery, but then archery hunting, bow hunting is different for me. Uh, archery is archery is a an incredibly enticing skill, and uh, at the risk of sounding a little bit cheesy, almost an art. You know, when you really truly want to get as proficient as possible in archery, that's what it becomes is it's a, it's a really deep, difficult, complex skill. Um, and it involves so many different aspects, you know, physical, mental, um, and I connect it similar to, or I connect it, uh, in a way to weightlifting because they both remind me of that, that complex, many steps, different perspectives on, you know, how you can get better, uh, how you can improve. And it's something I really enjoy. Archery is, is something I thoroughly enjoy. And, uh, it's certainly a positive addition to my life. Now, archery hunting, the reason why I wanted to break that off is because that's totally different. Um, to me, I had a hard time understanding why I loved archery hunting so much 
when I, I first started, it was like, the only way I can describe it is it, it was like an addiction, really. Uh, I wanted to hunt. I wanted to hunt and be out there as much as I could. Um, but it wasn't just, you know, filling tags or anything like that. It was, it was like something was pulling me. Something was, there was a part of my brain that just, just wanted to hunt and wanted to hunt with a bow and arrow. And uh, it didn't really quite make sense to me, really the first couple of years that I archer hunted. But as I thought about it more and I spent time um, re- researching into it and, and reading into it um, and just kind of understanding what it meant to me, archery hunting for me is this thing that we have always done as, as humans, as people. And for me, it feels so natural. It feels so normal. It's almost like something that I have to do. Uh, it's something that to me is as, as normal and as needed as, you know, connecting with a good friend and, or, 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 you know, a loved one or, or your spouse, or, you know, it's as natural as moving our bodies, right? We're, we were made to move. We always have moved and we always will move, uh, whether that's lifting weights or endurance training or just being physically active in the outdoors. Those things are incredibly natural because we've all always done them. Uh, hunting, archery hunting to me is the same way. And it wasn't until I realized that, okay, people have always done this. Humans have always done this. And all of a sudden, just within the past really couple hundreds of years, suddenly most people are not doing this anymore. And it didn't really quite make sense to me because how can you go from doing something for thousands upon thousands of years and then all of a sudden not do it and expect to not be missing something? Um, I, I know, I know for a fact, as I personally look back at my life, that there's a lot of, a lot of holes, a lot of gaps I was trying to fill at certain points that, um, I think were a result of, of not having this thing that we used to do all the time, every single day to survive and to, to live. Um, so that's, that's what archery hunting is to me. It's, uh, it's something that I think that although we don't have to do it in modern day, um, I feel like I need to do it and I should do it. And, and I love to do it. I love to, I love to, uh, get meat and, and food for my family that way. So. Yeah. I think, uh, like you said, you equate it to weightlifting or being active or exercise. And I think that could be said for archery and exercise as well too, is yeah, we don't have to bow hunt anymore we don't have to hunt anymore to procure our own food but we still have that desire and that feeling that we need to and yeah modern society and modern living has made it so that we don't have to exercise anymore Mm -hmm. but we all know that when we don't exercise we just we don't feel ourselves we don't feel as efficient or just as good as we would as we're moving so i definitely get what you're saying about about that desire and, and passion to shoot and, and get better and, and grow and hunt. Really. Yeah. I, I really, I really like what you said there about uh, if we don't move, if we're not active, we don't feel as good as we should or as we normally do. Uh, and that goes right back to that idea that um, for the vast amount of, almost the entirety of history, we've, we've always had to move to go do things, whether that was get food or go see people or go find resources. Um, so I think innately it feels good to move because it, 
it always has done good things for us. And I think that archery hunting and just hunting in general is the same exact way. Well, it's always been not only one of the best things for us, but it's also kept us alive uh, mm-hmm. for, for pretty much all of history. So if you think about a thing that kept, kept you alive for forever, for it kept everybody alive forever. Uh, and then you stop doing that. Well, there's, there's certainly got to be something missing, right? If we don't engage in that anymore, uh, it's not like that hole is immediately filled to me right. as I, as I think about that. So I think that was, that was, that was good, Chris. Yes. Yeah. I'm sold, man. The passion, the passion is there. I'm in like, I'm, I'm in archery strong for the win, dude. Uh, that was a great response. Like I get it. I totally get it. And I think, I think a lot of people feel similarly, like Eric would say like, he has to bow hunt or else like he's going to shrivel up and die. Like if he does, like I know yeah. that about him. And it, if he but, doesn't, yeah, it's, I hate, yeah. I hate to jump in, but I, that was, that was, that was perfect phrasing. Um, And I know you were joking when you said if Eric doesn't bow hunt, he'll shrivel up and die. But if he didn't bow hunt, you know, a handful of thousand years ago and Eric was 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 there, (laughs) he would have shriveled up and died. So that's not, you know, that's what I'm saying is that feeling, that feeling that you have, that's there for a reason. Like that's not just, and Eric's going to get a chance to jump in here too, but like (laughs) that feeling is not just Eric being tired of being at work and wanting to go bow hunting. Sure. It's probably a little bit of that, but it's no, it's like, you've got to go do it. We're, we're supposed to go do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like bow hunting to me, um, you know, like you hit the nail on the head for a lot of things for me as well. Um, and in the whole fitness, you know, like Chris mentioned as well, it's like, you know, I have a sedimentary job. Like I sit on my butt all day long and part of that drives me crazy, but it's what I do. So like when I'm outside of the office, like I'm moving, I'm working Mm -hmm. out. Um, in my twenties, I didn't work out as much, but when I hit like 30 years old, I'm like, all right, dude, like, you know, father time's not on your side anymore. I'm not 18 anymore. I, so I started working out. I started really taking care of my body. Um, my love and passion for hunting archery hunting specifically also started to grow. Um, and it, it does kind of fulfill a couple needs, you know, the archery hunting, the passion behind it. It's also like a spiritual thing too. Um, just getting out there and being, you know, the way I explain it to people is like, you know, the first time you're ever 30 yards from a bull elk and he's bugling and, you know, you can see his breath coming out and the, you know, the hair on your neck stands up. I'm like, you don't get to experience these things anywhere else no. in the world. Like you don't. That's true. It's, um, yeah. So like the passion for me is, has grown. It grows every single year, every year I'm working harder in the gym every year. I'm working harder, uh, at the archery range every year. I'm working harder, blowing my calls in my basement, driving my family crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, and it, I, I, and like Carter said, I would probably shrivel up and die if I couldn't bow hunt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's awesome. What do you think? Christian, what do you think like the most important things? Cause like archery and bow hunting in general, like it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a teacher, right? What do you oh, think? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. What do you think some of the coolest things or thing that like, what has archery taught you or like maybe this journey with archery strong through bow hunting or archery? What are, I know it's putting you on the spot for like a big question, but I'm curious. I've been following yeah. you for a minute and like, it's your life. Like, and you've, you've fully enveloped it. And 
it's taught me I need to practice more is what I need. I want to make sure to, I'd like to give you a, a, a good answer. Um, you, you're, so I want to clarify your question. Your question was what has, what has archery and hunting taught you? Taught you about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. That's taught me about myself. Um, Hmm. Well, goodness, I would, uh, I'd be doing myself and everybody else an injustice if I didn't say that the most, the most intense, uh, recent lesson has been how to deal with failure. Mm. Um, and I don't say that, I don't say that lightly cause that's been very difficult. Uh, this season was very difficult. Um, but I, I would say in, uh, my intention is not to sound arrogant in any, any way, but I would say that, um, throughout my life, I think most things that I've done, I've done pretty well and I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. So I, I certainly have failed, but not there, there are not a whole lot of things that jump out at me as big failures that I've had so far. Now I'm only 28. So I understand that some of the older guys will say your time will come. And I, I would respect that. Uh, but, or I would say, so, um, archery, archery hunting is so unique because it doesn't care who you are, where you come from, how much money you make, what kind of truck you drive, doesn't, doesn't care, doesn't, doesn't give a crap. Uh, and, and with that being said, it's very equal in how it, I think, delivers the lesson of failure. And, um, I, I struggle with trying to be perfect or as, yeah, I struggle with trying to be perfect in a lot of things I do. And Lord knows that I, I fall short more often than I would want to admit. Uh, so when it comes to archery hunting and knowing that nobody ever in the history of archery hunting has ever been perfect or will ever be perfect in archery, uh, it's, it's, it's given me a nice dose of failure and that, uh, I haven't fully figured that one out yet. So that's about all I have to say, uh, for that. Um, in regards to what else has it taught me about myself, it kind of going back to what I said, uh, for, for what archery hunting and just hunting in general means to me. Um, I think it has taught me a lot about what I want in my life. Uh, you, you said there, Carter, something along the lines of, you know, it's a big part of my life and, and it is, and that's because I've, I've intentionally made it a big part of my life. Uh, I, I realized pretty early on that there was some many things pulling me towards the outdoors and archery hunting really helped me realize that, you know, the archery hunting was the first thing that pulled me towards wanting a lifestyle, um, lifestyle focused on natural, uh, the natural world, uh, the outdoors. And, um, it's not the only thing, but it's influenced where, where I've decided to live. It's influenced, you know, my, my schedule of things. It's influenced how I've prioritized things in my life because I guess I feel, I feel that, that fulfilled. And I feel that, that time, hunting and in the outdoors is, is that necessary that it's something that, that I need. Um, you know, in Eric's words, you know, I may shrivel up, shrivel up and die, uh, <laughs> without it, but, um, it's, 
it's led me and now my wife, who I've been married to for two and a half years, to a life focused on the natural world. You know, we live a pretty modest lifestyle. We're very, very, very rural here in central Pennsylvania. Um, but we want to, that's that's the life we want to have when we want to raise a family that way. We have chickens, you know, have a garden, um, you know, do some some habitat work on our property, just just everything in that uh, that regard. And um you did put me on the spot with that question of what has hunting taught me about myself. I want to see if I can get one more, throw one more uh, quick thing. Maybe what has, what has, what has archery hunting taught me about myself? It has taught me how, how much we truly enjoy and need the pursuit of something. Mm. I find that, and I'm sure you guys can probably think of scenario uh, examples in your life, and people listening can think of examples in their life. But I have been the most fulfilled, the most effective, and at my best in my life during times where I was passionately pursuing something, whether that was a degree, whether that was a job, uh, of building a business, um, uh, uh, my wife, you know, um, lots of examples, but those, those are the times in my life that have been powerful. Um, and, and hunting exposes that exposes us to that every single hunt, right? Every single hunt we're pursuing, we're, we're, we're chasing, we're, uh, engaging, trying to, get to an end goal, an end destination. And it's not so much that, yes, the end destination is awesome. You know, I'm sure that, you know, Chris with his bear and Eric with his bull and, you know, Carter, you with, with your success, like we can say, yeah, that end destination is awesome. But man, the pursuit and the experiences along the way and just that, just that hunger to like, to keep, keep pursuing, keep driving, keep pushing. Uh, that's something that I think we feel on every hunt. And then, in a bigger picture, uh, we feel that every season and then just, you know, our whole, whole lifetime, uh, worth of hunting. Yeah. I appreciate that answer, man. I know I was going to put you on the spot with that because that's like, yeah. that's no small ask. And I was trying to think of what I would say, uh, when I, when I was thinking yeah. about pitching that to you, I've that's known you for question. 30 minutes. Well, I've known you for 30 minutes and I knew you would rise to the occasion. You're, you're a very well-spoken guy. You're a well-spoken guy, man. I, I, I yeah. had a good feeling. But yeah, like, the failure, the failure, the natural lifestyle and the pursuit, man, I just wrote that down. Like that's, I yeah. think that is reciprocated with anybody who carries a bow and then to go further carries a bow in the woods, like in the, in yeah. the pursuit of something, you know, and it was, it was, I got I got to throw in there. It was awesome. Awesome. How you said, you know, that, uh, archery and archery hunting, man, is, is a teacher. It's such a teacher. It's, 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 it's such a fantastic teacher. You know, you asked me what it has taught me about myself. I'm sure that list is, is even longer than what I gave you, but then there's an even longer list of just what it's teach, what it has taught you in general, Mm. because man, is it, is it such a, such a teacher? And I'll speak for myself when I say, I feel like I'm that snot nosed student in the back of the classroom, sometimes, you know, plugging his ears, uh, because I could, I, I try to, you know, try to open my mind to learn. And, um, sometimes we're too stubborn. Sometimes we're willing to learn. And, uh, 
that willingness to learn from archery and archery hunting, boy, it, it'll do some good things for you. <clears throat> well, it's a very humble thing to say of you because as soon as Eric sent me your page, I was like, holy shit, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> you have some in-depth, in-depth uh, information coming off of your page, man, and it is a wonderful teacher. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, everybody. We'd like to give a special shout-out to our podcast sponsor, Rack Getter Sense and Lures. Like Hunt, Lift, Eat, Rack Getter Sense is a veteran-owned and operated company with a personal touch. Gerard, their owner, is a former Marine and firefighter who will walk you step-by-step through the buy-in process with a personal touch. I reached out to him and he gave me his personal cell phone number and walked me through his products and the buying experience could not have been more efficient. My favorite product of his is the Hot to Trot Dough and Heat Scent and I use it religiously through the rut with consistent results. Many of our Hunt, Lift, Eat team members are loyal customers of Rack Getter Scents and Lures and we use his products year after year to help them execute in the field. Follow them on their Instagram at Rack Getter Scents 2.0 and check out their products at RackGetterScents.net to start luring in your next big buck. So kind of tying it all into that, back to your your livelihood and your job and, and archery strong, what are some of the typical injuries you see in archers? And I mean, you kind of hit on it before, as you start getting older, you everybody that hunts knows somebody who's getting up there in age and they're bummed because they have to switch to a crossbow or uh they're bummed they have to take a season off because of an injury or just wear and tear. So what are, what are some of the things that you commonly see in your profession that keep archers out of the field or keep archers from shooting? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I'll start, I'll start really broad and then, you know, we can, we can dive into this as deep as you want or, you know, keep it as general as you want. Um, there, there are a variety of things as you can imagine. Um, I'm going to group, I'm going to group uh, the, the main issues I see into to like five groups um, and see if I can hang on to them, to them all as I rattle them off. Uh, the first one is a simple one, and uh, it's, it's what a lot of people probably think of, and it's just plain old um, shooting with form that doesn't work for the individual. And, uh, I say it that way intentionally form that doesn't work for the individual because the easier thing to say, and you'll see it said all, all, all the time is uh, proper form or correct form. Well, uh, you three guys, us four guys sitting here right now, and anybody who knows really anything about fitness knows that, uh, everybody's body moves a little bit differently, right? If you line up, if I, if we lined up us for back squatting right now, we'd all look slightly different. Um, mm. and that's because we are slightly different. So that applies to archery. Um, in the sense that we want form that works with the biomechanics of the body, the parts and pieces of the body and allows uh, our body to shoot with as little stress as possible. Uh, and there's, you know, a whole bunch of things that go into form. So I won't dive into that, but it's the idea that the first thing is that, you know, some guys will run into form that does not work for their joints, their tissues and their other structures of, of their upper body primarily. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing that I would say that I see injuries result from are repetitive soft tissue injuries. 
And exactly as that sounds, repetitive soft tissue injuries. Repetitive meaning that obviously when we shoot archery, we shoot arrow after arrow. And with every arrow we shoot, the poundage accumulates, uh, just like lifting a weight. You know, you do 10 reps with 10 pounds, you've done 100, 100 total pounds, we'll say, just to keep it simple. Uh, archery is the same way. And what ends up happening with those repetitive that repetitive load is if the individual is not equipped to handle that repetitive load, the soft tissue, primarily the tendons uh, of more vulnerable musculature will uh, either break down or they'll become, they'll uh, become inflamed. They'll get to an injured state and and ultimately lead to pain. Some quick examples would be parts of the rotator cuff uh, and elbows, elbow uh, tendinopathy issues are, are a big one as well. And that comes from that repetitive load, that repetitive irritation um, that the archer isn't equipped to handle. The third thing that I'll throw out there is a, a general or an issue in general shoulder dysfunction. And what I mean by that is the shoulder is the most complex joint in the body. With that great complexity comes great uh, ability and responsibility. That shoulder has to do a lot of different things to be functioning properly. Everything on the level of the shoulder blade moving the way that it should, the shoulder blade holding the way that it should, the rotator cuff protecting that ball and socket the way that it, that it should, uh, the labrum within that joint providing a, a smooth um, the surface with good integrity for that ball and socket to function on, you know, all those different parts and pieces need to function correctly. Uh, if they don't, then often we see breakdown, pain, and injury. The way I uh, like to connect that to something that people may understand a little bit more clearly is picture your bow, right? We all know uh, that tuning your bow is important. Um, imagine that you were shooting a bow that had an incorrect string length, uh, the rest was way set way off, sight wasn't dialed in, wrong spine arrows. You know, as I say that, you're like, okay, disaster. Aeroflight's going to be terrible if it even hardly shoots well at all. That is a dysfunctional bow setup. Mm-hmm. We see the same thing, a dysfunctional shoulder. And the, the truth is the vast majority of us have some, some bit of dysfunction in the shoulder. It's just how much do you have? Is it impeding you? Is it causing pain, injury, et cetera? So we wouldn't shoot with a dysfunctional bow or we, even if we did, we wouldn't expect it to shoot well. Well, same thing with a shoulder. If it's dysfunctional, uh, we aren't going to expect it to work very well if it works at all uh, without pain. So what do we have here? We said uh, just uh, generally poor form that doesn't work for you, repetitive soft tissue injuries, overall um, shoulder dysfunction within the joint. Uh, Next, number four, I'm trying to rack my brain to to get back to these. Oh, um, the next one was an individual that – uh, uh, has has poor shooting habits, and I'll relate that to archery hunters primarily, where we see guys that don't shoot for a long time, and then they'll try to jump right back into shooting uh, like they were last season. Um, mm-hmm. Because we think, hey, you know, I've, I'm strong enough to pull my bow back. Uh, you know, I could do it last year. I'm sure I can do it this year. Yep, I draw it back. I can do it. I've got the strength. It's not about strength. It's about the structures of the shoulder having having no opportunity to adapt before you start shooting a ton for the season. So this is obviously a pretty um, 
specific scenario compared to the other three that I just laid out. Those were kind of general. This one's kind of specific, but I'm almost putting this, uh, I'm putting this almost in its own category because it's that common, you know, and I don't, uh, or let me take a step back. Um, I understand some guys, archery hunting is more of a hobby where they focus on it from whatever, August till October or September to November, whatever. Um, and I get it, you know, it's not, it's not everybody's world and that's okay. Um, but what people have to realize, especially individuals, I'd say who, you know, are probably 40 years or older. And especially if you're not consistently weight training is going back into shooting a bow, especially with some of these smaller vulnerable, vulnerable structures in the shoulder, um, can sometimes cause an issue. So there's a smart and a best way to kind of go about that. The fifth and final issue that I see in archery is that archery is a very good highlighter of previously existing injuries, right? So the fact of the matter is a lot of people have existing injuries in the shoulders. Uh, they just don't have pain. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big number. And whether you have pain or not, if you have an existing injury, well, that's a lack of integrity within a structure. It's just like if, let's say, a, a bowstring, right, has a little nick, or let's say that cams are way out of way out of timing. Um, I'm grasping at straws here. I'm not a not an equipment guy, um, but you can obviously picture, hey, the the parts and pieces, the nuts and bolts, do not have full integrity. They're not in 100% health. So archery can really highlight those and either trigger pain, exacerbate pain, um, you know, discover new pain, lead to a, a, a progressive worsening of the injury. So um, pre-existing injuries can often pop up within archery. So that's I'll keep it uh, keep it broad in those five. Awesome. Yeah, that that really kind of sums up your whole scope and, and what is bringing people to see you and, uh, all, I'm sure all the things that you're seeing and covering, um, have you noticed any modern technology like releases or extreme let off or anything that causes injuries as opposed to traditional gear? Is there, uh, like one thing that comes to mind is the, kind of explosion of hand releases in the last 10 years versus a wrist release. It seems like a wrist release is a lot more ergonomic as far as someone just picking up something off the street. Um, but when guys start getting into hand releases, you see all these funky movements with the wrist and all these weird things going on. Do you notice an influx of injuries due to the, like modern technology in general? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. I cannot, I cannot say or conclude uh, anything because I haven't looked at it specifically enough to say, you know, yes, this, this thing X has caused an increase in issues or injuries. Um, so I won't go that specific, but kind of three things popped in my, into my mind that I'll run through. The first thing in regards to uh, releases is that the handheld release tends to give a lot of guys trouble with their elbows and they essentially develop uh, an elbow issue, a tendon issue where the tendon becomes 
overloaded, overworked, overstressed. It inflames, it develops into pain, and it tends to be a really stubborn, ugly, annoying issue. Uh, and and that is in part to when you when you repetitively hold your or pull and hold your entire draw weight with two fingers, like some guys do. Three's a little bit better, and four is certainly better. But when you're just holding that much weight and pulling that much weight with a couple fingers, and then you do it over and over and over and over again, um, for some individuals, certainly not all, it, it causes issues. And there's a lot of factors that determine whether that ends up causing an issue in somebody's elbow or not. But that would be um, kind of the, the one thing that I think is worth noting uh, the you had mentioned wrist straps, wrist straps definitely dampen that because that wrist strap, the, the wrist and the bone structure of the arm is taking some of the load. You can grab that release with your entire hand, which is going to disperse that stress and that load over more musculature and more tendons than, you know, holding, you know, a, a back tension release with two fingers or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, so that's worth noting. Um, the second thing is you had mentioned it really funky hand positions. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting and I'd have to look more into the history of it, but with handheld releases, people are primarily drawing with uh, primarily drawing with that hand facing out. And what ends up happening is the, the angle of the hand typically ends up matching the humerus or the upper arm bone. So like for anybody listening right now, if you kind of raise like you're going to draw and you shoot a handheld release, you'll notice that the angle of your hand is pretty darn close to the angle of like your bicep tricep portion of your arm. So what, what I think has come about is in an effort to, okay, draw and then anchor with your palm facing away. Uh, there's, we've seen a, a or I see a ton of like really, really extremely high draws, uh, which causes an issue for some people. This is a huge wormhole that I won't go down, but um, drawing high works well for some people. Um, works really well for some people and that's great. Doesn't work super well for other people, but I think it kind of tends to lead people into uh, thinking, okay, that hand's got to face away it's going to, I see my arm and my elbow should be way up high. And that is just a very challenging range of motion for some individuals with some uh, specific types of shoulders, especially if you're older and you don't have full range of motion in your shoulder. Um, so that, that hand position with a handheld can tend to do some, some funky things with uh, the arm in that position. The third thing, and this is probably the Probably the most important is the difference in draw cycle between a traditional bow and a compound bow. They're very, 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 very different in how they load the shoulder. And a lot of people either don't realize that or they might not fully understand that a, a traditional bow has a relatively linear increase in poundage. You've got the least poundage when you first uh, start pulling on the string. And then as you progressively pull back, you're progressively getting to your full poundage uh, in general. And that that is a pretty natural progression of load, especially for that pos uh, position of the shoulder. And then you get to that full draw position where, yes, you do have to hold the full full uh, weight of that bow. And that does cause some issues for people. But what's different about the modern uh, technology in a compound bow, like you had said there, Chris, is if you think about that, instead of it being a gradual buildup of load as that shoulder passes through a range of motion, you now all of a sudden 
have basically your entire draw weight, your entire poundage, really within a couple inches of starting to pull on that bow. That's a totally different uh, position in the shoulder or position of the shoulder for it to encounter your full draw weight compared to being in full draw and encountering your full draw weight back here. Very different and tends to it's 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 a tricky one it tends to cause issues for some people tends to be too aggressive uh as also on the bow shoulder too and then other people it feels a little bit more comfortable especially when you consider the let off at the end so a lot of variability there just depending on the individual and what they struggle with and, and any problems they may have but the difference in loading there is is unique for sure that's a that's a lot of awesome information there man and it totally makes sense because i've shot multitudes of different bows i've shot hoyt matthews psc whatever and uh recently i was shooting mach 34 and that has three different cam options on it right so you can have the the yeah. s2 cam which uh it's about the first three quarters of it doesn't feel like you're pulling anything and then at the very end boom like it loads and it's, you're kind of in an awkward position when yeah. it loads and i could see how repetitively doing that like it puts your shoulder in uh, a not so great natural position right mm -hmm. and then like they have the e2 cam where it's just, it just buttery smooth the whole time and it's like it's like nothing it's great right. um so that makes a lot of sense um i was going to go back to your your previous thing on like in your top five things so like number four you said like a seasonal shooter which uh we, we all know those seasonal shooters and like you said you can't you can't hate on them right not everybody is passionate about archery 12 months a year um, right sure sure so I, I, I totally know people that, you know, they don't pick up their bow until August and then they shoot mm -hmm. 2000 arrows in August and they're oh my, yeah. my arms killing me or whatever. Right. Right. So, so guys that, um, shoot like maybe a 75 pound Matthews or an 80 pound bow, do you see a higher injury rate or in like longevity as well with that higher poundage versus the, the average, you know, 90% of bows are 70 pounds, uh, maybe not 90%, but. Yeah. A good percentage of them. Yeah, yeah, there there is uh, a higher, I'll say a higher issue rate. You know, even if it's just developing pesky tendon, ten, tendonitis, tendinopathy type issues, you know, elbow, shoulder, you know, or it is something, an injury that's more intense, the higher poundages are are more often guilty of causing those things. And that's just... That is just the nature of the beast, whether it's loading with archery or weightlifting or whatever. You know, the more loads you have, uh, typically there, there's going to be a correlation there. Um, now, it's it's so individualized. You know, there, there are guys who uh, they do the proper strength training. They have good shoulder health. They have good shooting habits and they shoot those really heavy poundage bows. And they might be better off than somebody who shoots a 55 pound bow and doesn't do any of the other things. Right. So it's certainly not a. Hey, you shouldn't shoot one that's that heavy. Um, it's certainly not. Hey, if you shoot one that heavy, you're gonna have uh, shoulder issues, elbow issues, whatever. Not so much that, but uh, more stress equals more breakdown. It's 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 basic basic physics, basic science, basic biomechanics. More stress uh, is going to have, I should say, more potential uh, to to break down at a at a bare minimum. Um, while we're, while we're on the topic, and I kind of mentioned it early, uh, my encouragement to people or I would love love to see people, you know, enjoy archery as long as possible. And if you're going to shoot those heavier poundage bows, um, focus on those things, you know, shooting 
shooting with form that works for you, consistently weight training, making sure you have good shoulder health and doing something about it if you don't, and then having good shooting habits. So I think that's really valuable. That makes a lot of sense, man. Thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Eric, while we got, while we got Christian here, do you have any specific questions about your shoulders that so need to Christian, be addressed? Part of the reason why I started following you, it's probably been two years now is I have of, I wouldn't call it a major shoulder issue. It wasn't major. So, um, about 20 months ago. So I was a big CrossFit guy as well. Um, yeah. So you, so you and I are very similar. Like when you're telling about your history and everything, I'm like, dude, this guy is just like me. Um, anyway, so um, it was kind of an overuse injury. I, you know, I played sports my whole life. My shoulders have never been fantastic, even though I worked out and tried to get them better. But um, in May of 21, I tore my bicep tendon pretty bad and my labrum. And uh, I, I did rehab for a while because they weren't, um, they weren't, they weren't sure at, at first they weren't sure what the major cause was. So I went to the, I went to them, see my surgeon or I went to go see the orthopedic and he goes, you know, he did the 12 tests on me, whatever, you know, the, I forget all the names. So I failed like 10 out of 10 out of 12 tests. It was not good. <laughs> um, so, so he put me in a sling for a little bit and then I did PT for six weeks. Um, I saw really good improvement. I went back after six weeks and I probably only failed probably two or three of them at that point, which still, it still isn't great. Right. But, uh, a, a solid improvement in six weeks. Um, at that point I had, um, this was probably like a mid June end of June timeframe. And of course I had a September elk hunt coming up. Right. So yep. <laughs> he, he ended up wanting to do an MRI. So we did an MRI at that point. Um, went in there and my bicep tendon was, look like a frayed rope like it was shot so he's just like he's like if you ever if you want to go back to doing the things that you did before and doing crossfit or not even do crossfit just having a healthy shoulder like you got to get this fixed like it's not yeah. just going to regenerate so he quarter zoned me up and i got through my hunting season that year um <laughs> and uh that december so december of 21 i had i had a i had the surgery so he did the mm -hmm. bicep tenodesis so he detached my the long head from my labrum uh -huh. the labrum was torn in there right so it kind of went back in there and healed he removed the portion that was all frayed and he reattached the bicep mm -hmm. on you know in my, on my humerus mm -hmm. um fast forward about six months everything kind of went well my rehab went really well i was in spring time frame you know so this is end of last summer or beginning of last summer june time frame and then I kind of had a freak accident and I was playing with my dog and he jumped across me and he hit my arm and cranked it all back. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just re-aggravated everything really bad. Um, since that point, I've been really struggling with my shoulder. Yeah. Um, it, ju it just hasn't been the same. So I, I made, so I, I didn't shoot probably July and probably a couple of weeks into August. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got back on the bow just enough. I started at 60 pounds, just, three shots a day, whatever, three shots a day, put it up to six shots a day, whatever. I just slowly worked back up so I, so I could hunt. So I, you know, so I could hunt in Montana cause I had a sweet tag and fortunately sure. a lot, you know, I ended up shooting a good bull and everything. But when I came back, um, in September, I started going back in the gym, just super light, don't doing PT exercises, all lightweight, um, lots of reps, all that kind of stuff. But my shoulder mm -hmm. just, it just doesn't, 
it didn't want to heal. It just yeah. like, it'd go like three weeks to feel great. And then like, I would ramp up my exercise, my, my stuff a little bit. And I'd not wake up the next day and be like, Oh man. Right. So, um, go back to December this year, end of December, I went back and saw my surgeon. I was like, man, I was like, you know, something's just not right in there. I explained the whole thing to him. Um, they did another MRI. So right now my, uh, rotator cuff is, it's not, there's no tears, but it's, it's pretty irritated right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they have that and there is still like the labrum tear is appears to still be there a little bit. And yeah. the car, the cartilage around there is, uh, there's some small fissures and stuff in there. Um, and just the, just general inflammation. So right. fortunately, right. like I didn't retear the tenodesis or the bicep tendon or whatever. Right. That's intact, that but there's still a lot of stuff going on there, which is my yeah. shoulder just kind of pissed off. So yesterday, actually, I went and got a PRP injection, mm-hmm. which I am super sore from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's happened. Which I wasn't aware of. It's because he gave me the option. That he's like, you can do a cortisone in there or whatever. Um, and I elected, I was like, I had a couple of people, which, uh, we have another member, uh, Dr. Heather Morales on our team. And she reached out, she's like, dude, you should try this PRP injection. You know, it's an all natural thing. So I kind of looked at it. Some other friends reached out to me and told me about mm-hmm. that too. So anyways, um, that's where I'm right right now. So I did that PRP injection yesterday. Wow. Surgeon told me I can't do anything for two weeks. Okay. Listen, and then I, make sure you then, listen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I did the first time. It was just kind of a freak thing where I re-injured. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I did everything Mm because I was like, I need a healthy shoulder, man. I was like, bow hunting is what I do. Shooting my bow is what I do. Like I have to have a healthy shoulder. So that's where I'm at right now. So come two weeks from now, I'm going to shoot you a message on Instagram and we're going to talk. And I want to rebuild my shoulder with archery in mind. It sounds great. Let's do it you're, from the you're, ground up, man. You're you're a good candidate, really good candidate uh, with where you're at now to hit the ground running. So that'll be good. That's good, man. I'm excited for it. That's why I was super pumped to have you on this podcast yeah. and hear more about you. Everything I've seen from your awesome. page, what these guys have seen you from your page, like, dude, this guy's awesome. So awesome. I'm yeah, uh, definitely that. really excited about it. Absolutely. So kind of on that note on how to avoid overuse, uh, not saying that was a particularly an overuse injury, but we start shooting in August, July, August, getting ready for tech or getting ready for our big hunts coming up. How do you know when it's time to put the bow down for the night? As far as like after a shooting session? Yeah. How, how do you know how many arrows is a good amount of arrows? I mean, it, I know personally I'll, I'll shoot until I'm, super hyper-focused hitting what I'm aiming at or until I fall apart and can't yeah. hold the bow up anymore. So, yeah. so there's, yeah. there's really no happy medium. It either ends really well and I stop while I'm ahead or I'm just driving myself crazy out there shooting until I can barely see the target because it's getting hey, dark out. Man, I, I think that if most of us are honest, uh, you know, most of us probably fall into one of those two buckets and, Man, I, I find myself doing the same thing when you were, uh, guys asked me earlier about, um, you know, what I love about archery. It's just purely, I, I, I love to shoot. I love, um, shooting really as much as I can. And it is so easy, especially when you're trying to get more proficient, you're trying to get better. You, you know, that season is looming. It's so easy to shoot until you are starting to fall apart. 
uh, and I do that too. You know, um, with this type of question, of course, people want to hear an arrow number, but uh, it's like asking how much how much I should deadlift, right? Well, right. How much, someone asking how much they should deadlift. Well, it, it depends, right? I mean, it could be it could be a hundred different numbers and arrows are the same way. Everybody's a little bit different. It depends on so many different factors, but I think, uh, for most people, a key phrase or key word that you said there, uh, in the word was breakdown where like a lot of skills that require focus, fine motor skills, um, you know, those, those really intricate movements where you've, you've got to very closely perceive and, and, um, and evaluate what you're doing. Typically, if you can stop before you are going to hit that point of breakdown where you fall apart, you start making all kinds of, of faults in that it's just, it's, it's obvious. It's visibly clear. I think mm. stop stopping right before that point uh, is a good marker for most people. Now, there there are so many scenarios where you would want to stop shy of that or where you might end up pushing a little bit, you know, pushing yeah. into that. Um, certainly like some of some of the um, competitive archers that I work with. But uh, in general, I think it's going to help you most to maximize how many arrows you can shoot of course, without developing any pain or injury, maximize the number of arrows you can shoot, but not pushing into a place where you're starting to uh, develop bad habits. Right. And, and this answer that I'm giving, this is the ideal. I, I, push, I push too far too long all the time because <laughs> I just love to shoot and I, I'm just, I'm just going to keep shooting. You know, some days I just, that, that's just what I'm going to do. Um, but... That, that answer too, you know, is, is focused in on what's the, what's the best for overall archery practice. If, you know, if we really do factor in somebody's shoulder health, potential for injury, any existing pain they have, then that's of course going to uh, vary too. But that's a, that's another story. Yeah. I'm usually the, the second lost arrow. The first lost arrow is always a fluke. It's never my fault. The second yeah. one is like, all right, oh, yeah, that's enough for tonight. <laughs> Uh, Christian, I, uh, I want to be respectful of your time, man. We're rolling out, rolling up on an hour here, man. But, uh, Thank you. I had one last question and a, and a comment. You posted a meme recently, uh, that I thought was hilarious. It was a group of, uh, presumably like government construction workers. Yeah. There's a group of dudes working in a, in a group of dudes standing on the side of the hole, uh, you know, standing there watching and. The, it said like the weak uninvolved muscles and then the painful overworked muscles. Yeah. And I, and I was like, this, this pretty well sums up what you're kind of dealing with and what you're tackling head on with. Sure. I would imagine with people every day, right. And imbalance in, in the musculature or the use of yes. biomechanics for people. Right. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. I, th I thought that was really funny. Yeah. But thank I, you. <clears throat> my, uh, <laughs> my last question was like, what are, what are some of your favorite, like for listeners, your favorite, like preventative, um, exercises or like, you know, things that we can do if we're healthy right now, what should we be doing to prevent or prolong longevity, um, in our shoulders, prevent injury or prolong, sure. you know, longevity? What, what should we be doing? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start, I'll start somewhat broad and then kind of try to tr try to narrow it down. 
the big the big take home point that I would give people is that when when people will think when people think of shoulder health, they think of injury prevention, um, preventing pain, all those things. Most people's minds go to stretching, 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 stretch this, open up that, mobilize that, stretch that. Um, stretching can be useful. Um, in most cases, it's not bad. Um, it has its place. But the vast majority of work that I do with shoulders and I'm able to fix pain this way and probably 80% of the archers I work with is by spending the majority of the time and effort and energy focused on number one, specific strengthening and loading of all of the different parts of the shoulders, strengthening and loading. And then number two, getting the shoulder stable, solid, and braced, stability, wrap that into the, the, the word stability, stable, solid, and braced in a variety of uh, positions and planes of motion. And what all of this has in common is it's all active work in the presence of resistance or challenge or load. Uh, none of that of what I just mentioned is like passive stretching, path, passive lengthening of tissue. Again, stretching, passive lengthening of tissue is fine and good and it feels good and it has its place. Um, but what most people need is better movement of the shoulder, better stability of the shoulder and better or uh, more equilibrium in the strength of the whole shoulder. Those are the things that that power the shoulder and move the shoulder, uh, and and best if we're wrapping this all up, best protect that shoulder from pain or injury. I s Go ahead, Eric. So looks like you have it, something. Is there is there a couple like I understand what you're saying, but for like someone who might not know more advanced things, like you're talking about, is there like say like three top things you could do for your oh, yeah. shoulders. Just yeah. what's three basic exercises, I guess you would want to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I would, I wanted to kind of lead into that and kind of build, build down into that. Um, so I just mentioned kind of that focus there. So with that in mind, uh, I'm going to give the disclaimer first because it's part of my, my job responsibility to make sure that this is known. Uh, what people need to know and understand and realize is that the shoulder is the most complex joint in the body. It has multiple, multiple muscles that all play a role in the shoulder and in our important keeping it healthy. Not only does it have many muscles, but each one of those muscles perform a variety of different functions and actions. So I'm saying this because... Um, most people, you know, most people love that idea of, Hey, what are three exercises? Um, I'm, I'm saying this because it is important to understand that the, the shoulder truly to truly do it justice and to truly put yourself in the best position, the shoulder needs a, uh, all encompassing comprehensive approach of different types of exercises that are going to train it in the different functions that it needs to be healthy. Uh, you know, in, in my exercise library with the clients I work with, there's 
there's well over 200, 250 different exercises, and I'm always wanting to get more on there. And then in our, in my, I have a six month course that I consider bare basics for what a shoulder needs to perform well at six months. I think that puts that at well over a hundred exercises. So I'm just painting the picture here. If I had to boil it down, if I were put on the spot by the hunt, lift, eat podcast for three exercises, <laughs> uh, my top three, and I'm going to say these, um, they're going to be on YouTube at some point. They're all on my Instagram page, but, uh, and they're all in our courses. But the first one is a, uh, is a, is, is a banded face pull can also be done, done with dumbbells. It's basically a high row, uh, pulling towards the face best done with cables actually. Uh, sorry about that. Um, it's a, it's like a high row variation one done correctly. It does a very nice job of getting the, the shoulder blades or the scapulas to retract, meaning squeeze together, depress, meaning sit down and posteriorly tilt, which means kind of lean back. All of those three functions, we do the exact opposite for a vast majority of our day. When we sit, right, we sit with rounded shoulders, shoulders rounded forward, everything rounded, collapsed forward. That face pull does an excellent job to reverse all of those, those crappy things we do when sitting. So that face pull is number one. Um, the second exercise that I would put into the three is um, uh, there's probably – I'll, I'll call it a, a banded A and Y press. Uh, and best way to describe it, I like putting someone down on one knee in a half kneeling position. One arm is going down like the leg of a capital, yeah, capital A, and then the other arm is going up like the upper half of a, a capital Y. So they're alternate, or yes, they're or I guess they're at a they're at an opposite angle. Um, and what this, this movement does is this does a really nice job of loading and engaging the shoulder blade and the rotator cuff together or the musculature of the shoulder blade and the rotator cuff together. And that, that, those pieces of musculature working together are so, so, so important for an archer. Um, so they do a really nice job or that exercise does a really nice job of loading those and moving the the shoulder blade and the, the arm and the shoulder in, in the nice way that I don't need to necessarily dive into. The third exercise is what's called a banded dislocate. Uh, and a lot of people, um, if they saw this, they'd be familiar, but it's basically having a little wider than shoulder width grip on a, a band and you're going up and over your head and then you're passing over, over your back and you're repeating that range of motion. That That is a good example of an exercise that is kind of like a stretch. It's going to, people are going to see it and people are going to call it a stretch. Um, but it's not, it's actively moving the shoulder through a range of motion. It's actively getting that ball and socket joint under a little bit of resistance to move. Yes. Tissues lengthen the whole shoulder girdle is moving the shoulder blades countering and, and moving along with the ball. And again, we're getting some good motion in the ball and socket. And that does a lot of, a lot of good things for the joint uh, structure itself, and then just the function and movement patterns of the shoulder. So top three would be face pull with cables, uh, half kneeling A and Y, uh, banded A and Y, and then uh, the banded dislocate would be my my third. That's awesome. One man. thing that's helped me 
I mean, personally speaking, it's not going to be right for everyone, as you mentioned before, but just doing serratus strengthening sure. has done wonders for my my scapular mobility and keeping my shoulders pain-free. And ironically enough, the my bow hand serratus is pretty good. I don't have as much winging on that side of my scapula. My release hand, very weak and yeah. definitely underdeveloped, and it wings a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That serratus plays a huge role in both shoulders. And that's one of those, that's one of those kind of hidden pieces, those tricky pieces that I don't think are fully understood by a lot of people. Sorry about that guys. I don't know how to shut that off. Um, and, uh, it does, it plays a big role in both shoulders. So that's, that's a, a good call on your part to pay attention to that. Christian, if people want to get involved with your training and your programming, um, one, how do we do that? And two, what kind of training and programming do you offer just to familiarize folks with yeah. kind of what Archery Strong can provide? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that question. Um, the first thing and the, the, the foremost thing that I'll say is I, I hope it's apparent. Boy, I try to make it apparent. But my main goal with all anything, everything I do on social media is educational purpose. Uh, and my, my desire is to provide tools, provide resources, and provide education on the topics that we've discussed here tonight. Um, so I try to put as, as much good stuff out there as I can for people to use uh, on Instagram, uh, on YouTube now. I'm trying to do more and more there. Oh, geez. Do you guys know how to turn this off? I'm sorry. Sorry for anybody who's listening. I don't know if you guys can cut that out. Jeez Louise, friggin' family messages. Um, sorry about that. Uh, gotta love it, podcasts. Let me. Oh, it just gave me an option. Oh no. Is it a Mac? Uh, yeah. There should be a do not disturb option, maybe. Show more. Mark is. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Mute for today. Sorry about that. All good. Can you cut that out? If yeah, not, I guess yeah, people absolutely. are going to listen to that, uh, <laughs> that shit show. Uh, anyways, okay, I'll jump it back in and you guys can do your chopping or whatever and say that you can find this stuff on Instagram, uh, doing more on Facebook now where there's a lot of different exercises and um, form and, and technique tips uh, and training, training uh, ideas and, and everything regarding shoulder health, shoulder injury, and getting stronger for archery uh, on those, those pages. So check them out. That stuff's there for people to use. Uh, for those that want to go a step further and want something more comprehensive, more structured, or to work with me, um, I've got some different training plans. Every, I, I have some different training plans, and I try to offer all different levels because I understand you know some people just want to dabble in this. I have some people who you know, they're, they're very high level archers and this is their life. Uh, so I want everything, everything in between for the hobby person. And then that, that super serious person, super serious bow hunter, whatever. So I've got, um, a couple general courses that are, uh, simple that people can jump into They're They're great courses. They're accessible. I try to make them affordable uh, and they're certainly effective for the goals that we've talked about. So a couple different general course options that people can get into. Those are always open. 
or I shouldn't say always, but most of the time they're open. Uh, and then the higher level stuff where I have individuals that work with me uh, primarily for fixing shoulder pain and then customized programming of some sort. And uh, I do not always have those open right now. I have those closed because um, my, my, uh, my client list is pretty much full. I make, make some exceptions here and there, but um, I plan on opening up some spots here soon. Uh, and that is again to work, work. I work with individuals, work with archers for uh, pain relief, fixing injuries uh, and getting stronger and fitter either for archery and then uh, some outside of archery as well for just general strength and fitness, different type of programming there. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was checking out all your programs, man, and listeners definitely go go check them out. Also, shout out to your YouTube. Your YouTube's awesome, man. Um, oh, thank you. Well, I Appreciate dig your YouTube. You, you got you're providing value to people, man. Um, it's my goal. I, I love that. Like, it's I'm a teacher. You're educating people. Like, yeah, I'm I'm. I get it. You're talking my language, man. And you got yeah, like, you. uh, you know, videos b- breaking down basics and like how to warm up and like the best, you know, exercise for this. And like, it's awesome, man. It's super appreciated. And you're not gatekeeping information here. And, you know, we want all listeners to go check out your stuff and, and drop you a follow archery dot strong, man. Um, yeah, thank we'll, you. We'll see if Shoot. we can pump you up here, and you know, old Eric will be shooting you a message here, and yeah, he'll be he'll be it. back good as new before you know it, man. You'll get him back right. I look forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh man, uh, Chris, Eric, you guys got any closing thoughts? No, I just want to say thank you very much. I mean, this was super fascinating to me. This is just something that I don't know. I kind of always been interested in the biomechanics of archery and weightlifting and fitness. And so I think uh, I was really excited when, when I was asked to be a part of this. So I I definitely took a lot away from it and I look forward to maybe working with you down the road. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Chris. I appreciate uh, the encouragement and uh, glad that we can geek out and have a good conversation on, on this stuff. It's cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll piggyback off uh, what what Chris said. I I was I I love this stuff, and uh, you know when I I've been following your page for uh, probably close to two years now on Instagram and everything. I'm just like, man, this guy's awesome. This guy just puts out fantastic information. I've just been feeding off it. So uh, talking to you has been even better. So really appreciate the, the all the knowledge you're dropping and sharing with everybody. And um, I will be reaching out to you very shortly, and hopefully we. Can, we can get this old shoulder back together, man. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great talking with you and um, look forward to connecting with you here soon. Get you fixed up, get you going. You got any closing so, thoughts oh, for us? Okay. We'll be here before you know it. What is that? Carter? I said, you got any closing thoughts for us, man? Uh, I don't think so. Um, man, I, uh, Maybe I do. Maybe maybe I jumped too fast. I would uh, kind of piggybacking off what we really started our conversation on uh, for tonight, and that was, you know, what hunting means to to us, what archery means to us, what archery hunting uh, means to us, and there's a lot to be had there if people. Uh, spend, spend, spend some time thinking about that and focusing on that. I think it's really easy to get, you know, caught up on, like we said, that end destination, destination, whether that's filling a tag or, you know, um, you know, achieving some goal, those things are wonderful, but 
sometimes when that end destination is like a bright light that you're following, you kind of forget to, to, to think about what does this really all mean to me in, in pertaining to art, to archery hunting. And it has made such an impact on my life to spend time really digging into that. Um, that I, I, I think that if it can make a, an impact on my life, it, it can uh, do something positive in other people's lives. So that would be, maybe I'll, I'll leave people with that encouragement. And then the, the last thing I'll say to follow that up is thank you guys to great conversation. It was very nice meeting you. Uh, it's always, it's always awesome when you jump on with a couple of guys, you know, and truth be told, you know, we don't, don't really know each other, but then it, it just is so fun talking. And it's like, like you've known the guys for a while. So I appreciate that opportunity. Heck yeah, man. Thank you. And thank you for your time and what you do for the sport and what you do for other folks, man. And keep doing what you're doing. And we look to uh, look forward to uh, hopefully talking to you again sometime soon, man. Right on. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. Listeners, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. And we'll talk to you next week.